But I invite you this morning to open up your Bibles to Matthew, the first chapter. And I know that it says up on the screen, start with verse 16. It says in your bulletin, start with verse 16. It's verse 18. I sent out the wrong verses. We're going to read the passage beginning with Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Read down through the end of the chapter. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man, and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And this all took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Pray with me if you would. Father, we do thank you that we set aside this time of the year to reflect back on that great gift that you gave to us, the gift of Jesus. The fact that he was willing to come from that high position to take on human form, to become one of us, to totally identify himself with us, to live a sinless life, and then to take on the punishment for not only the guilt of those that were alive at that time, but for the guilt of all of us, even those of us who are alive today. We thank you for the forgiveness that you offer to us through Jesus. And while there are are so many in our world today who want to ignore that possibility, who want to turn away from you and do their own thing. May we be found faithful, following you, and to sharing your word, your word of love and forgiveness with them. Help us to reflect the character of Christ in all that we do and to demonstrate that love every day that we live. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Some years ago, there was a speedboat driver who survived a racing accident. He described what had taken place. He had been near top speed for his boat, and as he was, he hit a, a wave at a 
at a different angle than he should have. The combination of the wave and the power of it and the, the speed that his boat was going and the weird angle that he hit it at, it caused his boat to tumble, to flip, to go up in the air and flip over. And he was sent propelling very deep into the water. Down there at the bottom, he didn't know which way was up. He had to calm himself and wait for the buoyancy of his life vest to show him the way to the surface. Today we're going to be taking a look at a man whose life was turned upside down. A man whose life was changed in a matter of moments. He had things all planned out. They were in the planning stages for a wedding, a beautiful wedding where he would marry this young bride. And they would spend the rest of their lives together. He had a vocation as a carpenter. Everything was falling into place just the way he had planned. And then he was plunged deep underwater, not knowing which way to turn. He had a day of disappointment. But that day of disappointment was followed by a night of discovery and a morning of dedication. We're going to take a look at that today and reflect upon it a little bit. Let's look first of all at the day of disappointment and notice how matter-of-factly Matthew describes his quandary. In verse 18, before they came together she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Have you ever wondered how he found out or when he found out that she was pregnant? They may have been uh, doing those things that couples do before a wedding. They may have been planning things. You know, uh, we think of our weddings, and that's all I can relate to because I wasn't alive back then. But I can think of the flowers and all the decorations, and I can think of the, of the, the dress and all the plans that were being made. And I'm sure that as all this was going on, Mary was asking him questions and wanting his approval on things. And, I'm sure he was like most of, uh, most of the men, and they nodded and said, yeah, whatever you think, dear. <laughs> whatever you think. But at some point, in the midst of all those wedding arrangements, she must have dropped that bomb upon him about the baby. I don't know how she did it. It doesn't tell us exactly how she did it. I mean, how do you tell your fiancé that you are pregnant and it had nothing to do with him? Joseph, I believe, was totally stunned. How could she possibly have done that to him? And then expect him to believe that she was still a virgin. I think the conversation may have ended that day with Joseph feeling rather be, well, feeling very betrayed and Mary feeling hurt because he didn't seem to believe her. He had trusted her. He had planned to spend the rest of his life with her. And for her to go, oh, well, it just wasn't right. 
What could he do? There were a couple of options that he had open to him. Legally, he could have had her stoned to death for committing adultery. That's one possibility. The other was to take a, a higher route and to secretly break off the engagement and end everything. He was in a quandary. Can you imagine what was going on inside of him at this point? What questions, what disappointment, what confusion must have been there? His head said that she must be punished. But at the same time, his heart said, well, I'm not sure his heart said anything. I think it was broken. I think his heart was shattered and lying in pieces. He hadn't even kissed her, and now she's pregnant, carrying somebody else's child, and she said it was conceived of the Holy Spirit. Right. Yeah, right. Verse 19 tells us that he was a just man, and so he decided that he was going to simply go through a quiet divorce so that she wouldn't be disgraced publicly. Maybe she could go and live with her cousin Elizabeth. But life is never quite that simple, is it? We look at possibilities. We try to plan it out. We, we run into disappointments and we come up with our own plans as to how something can work out and work out okay. So Joseph was filled filled with a day of disappointment and in a quandary at this point. And I believe that, that that illustration of him underwater is a good one. Because I don't think he knew exactly which way to turn at that point. Thank God he didn't announce everything right away. Thank God he didn't respond immediately. He just wrestled with these things inside of himself. Because that night became a night of discovery. As he tumbled into a troubled sleep, something remarkable happened. <coughs> I don't know about you, but I have had many troubled nights where I tossed and turned. I've had nights where I would fall asleep for a few hours, and then I'd wake up and couldn't get back to sleep for another couple of hours. As I wrestled with things, as I had things go through my mind that had taken place that day or, or I anticipated to take place in the next day or two. So he tossed and turned. If he married him, everyone would think that he had broken his vow of purity and that he had gotten her pregnant. He would be public, publicly humiliated. He was also probably afraid to lose that great privilege that every, every father looks forward to physically procreating his firstborn son. What should he do? God had another plan for him. He was about to give it to him. And in verses 21, 20 and 21, it says, But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. The angel verified what Mary had told him. This child indeed had been conceived by the Holy Spirit. She had not been unfaithful to him. He was to go ahead and take her as his wife. 
forget any shame that he might have to take upon himself. It didn't matter. He was to become the legal father to that child. He was to raise him as his firstborn son. He was to name the baby Jesus. Could it be? Is it possible that Joseph was to become the stepfather of the one who was going to save his people from their sins? Well, verses 22 and 23 provide further clarification for him. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So the day of disappointment was followed by a night of discovery. But that next morning, he still had decisions to make. It became a morning of dedication, however. Now, Joseph was not what we would call an Old Testament scholar. He studied the word. Indeed, he, he probably knew the word pretty good. But he was a simple carpenter. The key element is that he was a man who obeyed God when he understood what he was being asked to do. You don't have to be a great Bible scholar to be willing to be obedient to the Lord as he reveals his will to you. To simply say yes and then follow through. Verses 24 and 25 tell us that when he woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. He learned a valuable lesson, a lesson that we all need to learn, a lesson that would carry him for a lifetime, one that will carry you for a lifetime. Never underestimate God, but you simply take him at his word and you follow him in obedience. I like how he responded when he knew that what he should do. I think it's commendable. It's very commendable. His commitment was a result of his character, a character that God had already instilled within him. His trust in the Lord had been instilled in him by his parents and the Lord and he believed that God was going to, God incarnate, was going to be born as Emmanuel. And he had a role to play in his upbringing. It was an honor and a privilege. Though when he first found out, he could only think of it as a disgrace. But after the night with the angel where he received some direction, he knew that it was an honor. It was a lady by the name of Madeline Leingel who said, in the New Testament, there is only one really great miracle, and that is the incarnation. Once you believe that, everything else is duck soup. <laughs> well, Joseph believed this miracle. And because he believed that miracle, he had no trouble believing God for anything else. He could trust God to guide his life. He could trust God to guide him to be a proper father for that child and to raise him up to serve the Lord, to teach him the Holy Scriptures. Of course, we know in hindsight that Jesus probably knew more about the word coming in than Joseph could ever dream of knowing. 
And he astounded scholars when, when he had the opportunity to speak when he was around 12 years of age. He knew because he had been there. But what about you? What about you? What about in your life? Do you feel as though you're underwater? And you don't know which way is up? Do you feel that you're in danger of staying under? Are you panicking with things that are going on in your life today? Some of you are trapped in disappointment. Maybe things haven't worked out the way that you wished, the way that you had planned. Perhaps you've had some kind of bomb hit you that turned your life upside down. Maybe it had something to do with your marriage or your family. Something is troubling you. I don't know what it is, but I know that we all go through times like that where our lives are turned upside down. Perhaps a friend has turned his or her back on you and you're feeling that rejection. I don't know what it might be, but it is time to rediscover that God is with you. It is time for you to put yourself in a position where you can hear God. You need to remain calm. Maybe you need to make a fresh commitment to plug in and, and to listen, to really listen to God this coming year. To tune in to him, to be ready and open to hear his voice. Joseph needed to hear from God. And when he did, he listened. And then he obeyed. Once you move from disappointment to discovery, then it is imperative for you to dedicate yourself to Christ. To be obedient to what he reveals to you. What is he asking you to do or not do? What, does he re what is he revealing to you? Don't just sit there. That's a mistake too many make. But put into practice what you know to be true, what you know he is speaking to you about. The reality is that in most of our lives, our lives are not going to go the way our parents scripted them for us. Chances are they're not going to go the way that you planned them out. I could probably ask for a show of hands. I'm not going to, but I'll just simply say from my own experience, I started into college to be a mechanical engineer. Before I was through, I had dropped out of school. I had transferred to another college over to Grand Canyon, and I was studying to be a minister, to be a pastor. That's a big change. But it was a change that God had orchestrated in my life. And it is one that I have never, never questioned. He gave me the opportunity that first year that I was at Grand Canyon to work a summer job as an engineering draftsman for a civil engineering firm. And it was just kind of a way to reaffirm that you're not going to be happy doing this kind of work for the rest of your life. You need to be serving people. You need to be sharing God's word with people. He has a way of doing that, of affirming the decisions and the obedience that we show when we listen to him, when we hear his voice, 
and respond obediently. But the key is whether or not you are open to listening to God and whether you are ready to obey him once your understanding of his will becomes clear. My conviction is that you will discover a greater plan, a greater purpose for your life than you could ever imagine. Let's pray. Father, as we approach the end of this year and the beginning of a new year, a lot of us take a little bit of time to reflect upon the last year and to seek your understanding as to some changes that we need to make in our lives as we enter into the new year. These are changes that we know need to be God-directed and not simply things that we dream up. So Father, help us in these next couple of weeks to spend a little bit of time asking your Spirit to guide us, to give us some fresh goals, to show us your plans, not our plans. Help us to get in tune with your will and to trust you for what you're going to do in the coming year. If we're at a point in our lives where it feels as though we are drowning in water, we don't know which way is up, help us to remain calm. Help us to put ourselves in a position of listening to you And God, as you reveal your plans to us, may we be obedient, trusting you, putting our faith in you. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.